Hello. Just before we start, don't forget that this DNA Detectives podcast is inspired by the DNA Detectives books, and you can find those online and in all good bookshops. Hello, and welcome to the DNA Detectives, the podcast all about DNA. I'm Dr. Mandy Hartley. I'm a scientist, and I work with DNA. And I also write the DNA Detective books all about Annabelle and Harry, two children who use DNA to explain mysteries. We're investigating what DNA is, why it's important, and what it's used for. And helping me to do that is the real Annabelle from the DNA Detective books, who is also my daughter. Hello! Today we're going to be talking to Dr Frank Schwag, a scientist who works at the Sanger Institute in Cambridge. Frank is a computational biologist. That's someone who looks at data, the facts and figures that come up in biological research to find answers to questions. Including things like, how do we create a vaccine for diseases like COVID-19? And that's just what Frank has been involved in. Before we start, remember to listen carefully, as right at the end I'll be asking some questions to see if you've been listening. We started off by asking Frank to tell us more about the coronavirus. That's the virus that causes COVID-19. What exactly is it? So the coronavirus, like all viruses, is basically just a bit of rogue genome. So genome is just another fancy word for everything that is encoded in your DNA. Um, now, with viruses, it's a bit of a, a bit complicated because viruses uh, have all sorts of weird genomes. They don't have to have DNA like we do. So the coronavirus is one of those that has RNA instead of DNA, which is very similar in structure, but it comes as a single strand. So it doesn't do this iconic uh, double uh, helix, this uh, the spiral staircase. Oh, that's really interesting. Isabella, you wanted to know a bit about the samples, didn't you, that um, you're sent at the Sanger Institute? So um, we know for the COVID test, you have to either take a, a throat swab um, or a nose swab. So what samples are sent to you and how do you know that they contain coronavirus? The samples that you would send off or that somebody on your behalf would send off to be diagnosed for um, COVID, that's not done at the Sanger Institute. So the Sanger and the work that I do for Public Health England comes in later when you've got a positive result and you want to know in detail what the genome of the virus that you've got actually looks like. So the virus, this, uh, the sample that you have provided can be sequenced. So run through a machine so we can read the genome. This is, remember the RNA that it's got, the totality of its instruction manual. And we were talking to Fran Gale and she was telling us to sequence the human genome, which is 3.1 billion letters. It takes 30 minutes. So how long does it take to sequence the, the coronavirus genome? Not very long at all. This is a very short genome in comparison. It's only 30,000 letters long. 20 years ago, we would have uh, struggled with these things. Today, something that is only 30,000 letters long is, uh, is nothing. We can do a lot of them in parallel on a single machine. So when you're finding out the sequence of these letters in the coronavirus, what is it exactly you're looking for? What, why is it important? 
Well, you will have heard of uh, variants and they of course are really important because the virus is currently evolving. There's probably only one event that actually made a jump into humans and that probably happened in 2019. So this virus is still very young. So its evolution is just starting. And so we are following in real time now how it evolves. And um, these changes are important for us because they change the, the behavior uh, of the virus. So it could be more dangerous or it could evade the protection that we get from vaccination. And that's where, of course, we want to keep taps on it. We want to make sure that we know what's going on. And, and so when you say a change, what, what does that mean in these letters? What, what's happened? All evolution is, is driven by changes in the instruction manual, the genome for whatever living organism, the, the composition, the sequence of these letters. It's a bit like having an instruction manual and then randomly uh, introducing mistakes, typos. So sometimes one of those typos will make sense in another way. So it changes the sense of the sentence or the paragraph and it makes sense again, but it means something different. And if that's an instruction manual and you're following it, then you may do something different because you're following the instructions. Pretty much the only function really of a viral genome is to make more viral genomes and all the packaging that goes around it. So uh, viruses have to exploit the machinery of the host cell that they invade to make more of themselves. Um, and while they do that, mistakes are made. Did these happen? They're, they're just by chance, are they? It's just a, a random chance that you, you just get a typo. So the typos are random, but what we are left with is not random because those are the ones that are actually successful. So when we sequence these things, we, we don't just see random mutation. We, we see, of course, random mutations, but there is a pattern. There's certain mutations that you see more often than others, a lot more often than others. And those are the ones that um, give the virus uh, an advantage, so that are uh, selected for. So um, will your work help make vaccines for the new variants? Yes. And that's because the new generation of vaccines that we have now are really, really clever things. So we are now using genomes directly to make the vaccines. As an example, the AstraZeneca vaccine uses DNA, which is a fragment of, of the actual genome of the coronavirus. So is that a little bit of the instruction book? It is. It's a short fragment of the, of the instruction booklet. And it uh, is delivered into the host cells, into human cells. So when you get the jab, what happens is that a bit of the instruction of the virus, but uh, not the in entire instructions, <laughs> obviously, because then you just have the virus and you just get ill. Uh, just a tiny bit of it gets into your cells and it gets transcribed. This is what we call it when the, the, some, something reads the genomes. This is like reading the instruction manual and getting all the, the bits that you need. Yes, so the short fragment of the instruction booklet gets into your own cells, makes tiny bits of coronavirus protein. And those are recognised by your immune system as something that shouldn't be there. So your immune system will start to make antibodies against it. And that's exactly what we want. That's what all vaccines do. Now, the great thing about this one is that 
because we use the sequence of the virus or parts of it, we can change that sequence very quickly. Knowing the variants, we can then change what we use as the vaccine and make it match what the variants look like. So then we can, we can adapt as the virus adapts. Oh, that's so clever. So we're developing an immune response based on those mutations. I think that's the long-term goal, that we, we will keep this updated, basically. Um, and this would have been difficult with traditional uh, ways of making vaccines. Um, but if you use bits and pieces of the actual genome, which we have, um, then, you know, this is just a, it's almost like a copy and paste. Um, yeah, coming back to the analogy with the, with the instruction manual, imagine somebody just uh, opens that in a Word document and, you know, copy paste into another document. And, and there you go. So you've got your, um, you've got your updated vaccines. It's incredibly clever and it does allow us to keep pace with the virus, doesn't it? So um, did you always want to be a scientist? Yes, <laughs> pretty much, yes. <laughs> I was one of those kids uh, with a lot of books about dinosaurs. So my original plan was I wanted to dig up dinosaurs. I didn't quite uh, end up doing that, but, you know, broadly speaking, that's biology and I still, you know, do biology. I didn't think I would end up doing computational biology. So I studied lab biology and my first job was in the lab. Then a lot of uh, new technologies came around, uh, the sequencing technologies that really changed biology. Uh, so about 20 years ago, there was a massive change in the way we could, um, we could sequence genomes. And all of a sudden we were sitting on mountains of data. So we all had to learn how to work with this program your computer to do it because you can't do it by hand anymore so that's how a lot of people got into computational biology or bioinformatics and yeah, me included and been doing that ever since that was dr frank schwack telling us how he came to be a computational biologist it's a relief to know that scientists like frank are working so hard to defeat the coronavirus isn't it annabelle Yes, definitely. And especially what Frank and his team have achieved in such a short amount of time is amazing. Goodness, it really is. So I said at the beginning I was going to ask you some questions. So here we go. I need you to answer true or false. Are you ready for the first question? The genome for the coronavirus is made of DNA. Is that true or false? If you imagine the RNA in the coronavirus is like an instruction manual, the variants we hear about are like typos in the instruction manual. Is this statement true or false? And finally, if you get vaccinated with the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is made from DNA, all the DNA, the genome, from the coronavirus gets into your cells. Is that true or false? Is it all the DNA? So, if you want to check whether you got these questions right, you can go to our website, where you'll also find some really fun activities and more information about today's episode and the coronavirus. The website is insightandperspective.co.uk. Well, that's all for today. 
Look out for other podcasts in this series. Just search for The DNA Detectives wherever you get your podcasts and click subscribe, which means you'll automatically get every episode as it comes out. Next time, we'll be finding out how DNA is being used to beat malaria. Till then, goodbye. goodbye.